Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio. Uh, 920 AM on a busy, busy Tuesday. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Uh, brought to you by... Uh, Tequila Embajador. Uh, it's it's been a crazy day. There's no question about it. Uh, news uh, broke uh, late in the afternoon uh, that Rodney Hudson, the longtime Raiders uh, center, uh, looks like he is uh, is is on his way out uh, as a release, uh, perhaps joining Gabe Jackson. Uh, so the Raiders have some uh, holes to fill. Uh, um, there's a lot of moving parts going on. I know Colton Miller needs to be paid uh, at left tackle. Uh, a lot of money is going to go uh, to him uh, to get that uh, player uh, back under fold uh, for a long period of time. You have to start thinking about those things uh, if you want to keep good players. And sometimes keeping good players means getting rid of or having to walk away from other good players. Um, and uh, I'll say this, uh, this is a really good draft for offensive linemen. So I think that the Raiders are going to uh, probably invest in some offensive linemen, needless to say. There's some good options out on the open market in a, in a buyer's market, to say the least. Uh, I think the Raiders can find some bargains um, uh, there as well. They've got a capable offensive line coach who has a, uh, a pretty good track record uh, of getting offensive lines up and running and, and playing well. Uh, I think there's belief in Andre James, the young center uh, from UCLA. Um, uh, he's got a lot of big, he's got some big fill, uh, holes or shoes to fill in Rodney Hudson, uh, but he wouldn't be the first that they would have to step in for a really good player uh, and, and, and perform and, and produce. If he could do that, then the Raiders are, you know, in, in, in okay shape. But nevertheless, there's holes to fill, and we don't know. Uh, there's no guarantee that they're going to be able to get filled adequately. That's the fun part of NFL, and sometimes it's the emotional and frustrating part uh, for fans uh, of the NFL, and I totally get it. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Adam wants to talk about the Raiders and everything that's going on. How you doing, Adam? Doing good, Vinny. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, Um I feel like every year with the Raiders, um, come draft, free agency, I'm like a little kid, all hyped up, um, ready for the Raiders to make a big splash. And we take one step forward with the Yannick signing, and then we take five steps back doing this. I kind of feel like Gruden wanted to kind of blow up this O-line. It was one of our strengths of our team. And then towards the end of the season, it started to fade. Uh, there was no holes open for Josh Jacobs and... I kind of feel like Gruden just wants to make a change. He feels like he's always got to be right. But um, I just wanted to touch on a few of your points um, when you discussed uh, your time with the Rams. Um, the problem is with the Raiders, we just can't develop any talent on the defense. Kind of reminds me of my high school football coach, Nick Tisa. Uh, we're bringing in all these young draft picks and stuff, and it just feels like they're not panning out and – Something's got to change. So um, thanks for having me on. Just want to yeah. give a shout out to my boys in Danville. You got it, Adam. And 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 I and you know what? Something has changed. Uh, they brought in Gus Bradley. And keep in mind these two names: uh, Ron Milas, his defensive backs coach, and Richard Smith, his linebacker coach. And uh, you can't forget about Rod Marinelli, the defensive line coach. This is a a, a staff that's heavy on experience. Heavy on, heavy on communication and teaching and development and eyeing talent. Uh, I think that moving forward 
And it'll be interesting to see what they do in the draft, how they uh, follow up now in, in free agency defensively, how much input uh, Gus Bradley has uh, on that uh, uh, part of the operation in terms of talent acquisition, but then also the coaching and development of it. That has changed, and I don't think it's insignificant. Um, and, and Gus Bradley could get things – if he could get things squared away, that solves a huge problem because I'm, I'm right there with you. There has been a development void um, you know, uh, over the years with the Raiders, uh, especially on defense, and we saw that last year. There's talent on the field. Uh, they just haven't been able to get it connected and developed uh, in a, in, uh, as, as quickly as, as it should be happening. We'll see if Gus Bradley uh, is somebody that's going to be able to address that. And if he does, then a big problem solved. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation guest line uh, to welcome in our good friend, uh, Evan Grote uh, from uh, Silver, and, Silver Black Today. Uh, you could follow him at egrote5. Evan, how you doing, man? Uh, kind of an interesting, surprising uh, day today, to say the least. Hey, Vinny, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, you've been a guest on my podcast many times, and I'm glad that I'm able to uh, finally return the favor. But uh, you're right, it's been, a, it's, it's been a crazy day, crazy couple of days here uh, for Raider Nation, and uh, can't wait to dive into some of that here with you tonight. Yeah, no question. Let's go right to it. Uh, Rodney Hudson, uh, it looks like there's going to be a parting of the ways. Um, I don't know necessarily who initiated it, um, but I think that uh, it, it sounds like the more and more um, that, that I look into it, that's probably a little bit of a, a, a mutual type of a thing going on here. Um, but um, your, your initial thoughts on, on the surprising move, basically, of, of Rod D. Hudson perhaps not being around here much longer. Well, my, my initial uh, thoughts were obviously shock and surprise, like a lot of the fans out there. And I've been listening to you uh, your entire show, and um, obviously you're much closer to the situation than a lot of us fans are, but... You know, I've got two two concerns um, with this, what's going on here. If indeed he is released, as the reports are saying, just like uh, Gabe Jackson as well, my, my concerns are this. Why is it that since Gruden has taken over back in, in 2017 with his, his second stint here, that the organization, and, and for whatever the reason is, has struggled to, to keep their, you know, their best players around? And I know that this, this happens with other teams as well. But, you know, going back to the Khalil Mack uh, trade, uh, the Amari Cooper trade, and then they bring in a guy like Trent Brown, who was you know, obviously a, a very good right tackle, and they throw a ton of money at him, and that relationship sours. You know, they end up trading him, trading him after two seasons, and and now we hear again reports that Rodney Hudson, who I think was one of, if not the best, maybe top two, top three players on this roster, possibly asking for his release. So that that raises some questions for me. I, I just don't understand. Um, the inability to keep some of their best players on the roster around. And I know they're very high on a guy like Andre James, but, you know, the grass isn't always greener. Um, we're talking about a guy who, uh, you know, he's 23 years old. He hasn't had a lot of snaps in the league yet. And I know they see him on a daily basis, and I don't. But those are just some of my thoughts. And, and the other um, concern that I have here about the organization and the direction is, you know, what's the plan? What, what is the long-term plan here? Um, you know, th this offense, as you mentioned, was, was playoff caliber, and I agree with you there, top 10. Um, I think they need some minor tweaks on the offense. Um, you know, right tackle we knew was going to be a, a situation. Uh, maybe maybe a, a, a running back number two, a, a wide receiver, if, if Nelson Aguilar wasn't uh, retained. And the plan we thought was to address 
the holes that are on the defense, you know, to take pressure off of Carr and the offense. But now when you look at the roster, you know, the bigger issues are now on the offensive side of the ball, and there's still a lot of issues on defense. So I'm just kind of perplexed as to what exactly is the plan here, and I'm not quite sure if Gruden, you know, has one. Yeah, um, I, I do think there's a plan. Uh, I do think there's also a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that need to, 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 to get settled. I also think that, um, you know, as it relates to the offensive line, um, you know, I just wonder if, you know, there's looking at this free agency market, which, you know, got pretty deep with some, the you know, I guess surprise releases of some players uh, around the league. Um, on top of the players that were already available, and there's still a bunch of them that are that are out there ready to be had, um, and so you wonder what the market's going to look like for some of those players, and whether the Raiders believe they can get either as good or close to it, um, you know, replacements at maybe a fraction of the of, of the cost that it was going to be, you know, uh, to to keep Rodney Hudson and keep uh, Gabe Jackson. So that could be it. Um, also, the draft is really deep. I saw a bunch of good offensive linemen when I was out in Mobile, Alabama, that they feel that maybe they can draft in a, a guy or two they can plug and play. So I, I, I'm assuming, I, I'm not in their heads, but you got to believe that there is some sort of a, a, a plan that they have in place, um, you know, that, that they know that, that we're obviously all anxiously waiting to see how it all comes to fruition. But, yeah, and, you know, what concerns are are you legit concerned that there you think that there's players that just have soured on the experience playing under John Gruden? Because some of that I wonder if it's just that they've gotten you know like a guy like Gabe Jackson has been around or uh, Gabe Jackson yes and and Rodney Hudson they've been around here so long and haven't seen you know the um, you know the, the the reap the benefits or or the, you know uh, of all the work that they've put in here. Um, maybe they just want to go someplace where, hey, at the end of my career or towards the end of my career or this age of my career, I could go someplace where I feel like I can win, like right now. I don't know that to be that that to be the case, but I guess that would be somewhat understandable at this point in their careers. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's <clears throat> there's some some truth to that. Um, I do think there are players that would would love to play here, uh, but but there is something to it because you know I see former players. Guys like uh, John Feliciano, who's now with with the Buffalo Bills, who has been pretty vocal in the last couple of days about you know how he feels about the Raiders and how they handled certain things. He was talking about uh, uh, they gave Derek Carr the the double bird today, and, and you know comments like that. And I, I've seen comments former players like Michael Crabtree have said about you know, his time with the Raiders. So I do think there is some of that. And I, I know, again, I don't understand why, um, you know, I don't understand why the, the relationship with, with Trent Brown seemed to have soured. Uh, that could be a little bit more on Trent Brown and less on the organization. But I, I do think there's something to it. Yeah. And um, uh, it, it, it is, you know, somewhat concerning uh, that, that when, when, when players, you know, uh, step out and, and then, you know, uh, say some things, um, it's 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 somewhat interesting. There's no question about it. Uh, we'll see if it's just an isolated incident, uh, or you know, uh, if there if there is uh, an issue. It doesn't seem to be the sense when I do talk to players, uh, especially the younger players. They seem to to, to enjoy it and uh, are 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 enjoying the experience and are excited, you know, about the future. But you know, um, it's it is kind of interesting. That's why 
it's just so uh, disappointing not being able to get into the locker room to talk to these guys uh, as we weren't last year because you can get a little bit better sense of things uh, when you're able to to actually get in there um, and, and 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 talk to guys. Uh, we're talking to Evan Grote. Uh, you can follow him at e Grote five. All right, so. Uh, some good news. Obviously, the Raiders went out and signed Yannick Ngagwe, uh, the defensive end um, from the Baltimore Ravens by way of the Minnesota Vikings, by way of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, what do you think of, the, of that signing? How do you think it, it helps the Raiders? Yeah, I was, I was real happy to see that signing. He's a guy that I was uh, pounding the table for when he was available for trade, you know, recently. And um, I'm glad they waited because I think it all worked out for them not having to give up any trade assets and still being able to bring him in he's only the age 25 he'll be 26 uh here in may but you know we're talking about a guy who uh in five seasons of his career he's had no less than eight sacks every season um and i i love the fit uh now being reunited with gus bradley bradley you know gets a, a chess piece that he is very familiar with and he knows how to how to utilize ngakwe's skill set to get the most out of him so i think that's that's a great uh, aspect of it, and I think that the the money is is good too. I think it's a good deal for the Raiders. Two years, um, he'll be twenty eight when this deal expires, so he's going to be highly motivated because he's still going to be young enough where he can earn himself a, a um, you know another big contract. So I think that works out real well for both Ngakwe and the Raiders. And, and you know he he's a guy that's going to command he's going to command the t- attention of opposing offensive coordinators, and the Raiders really haven't had that since Khalil Mack. And, and I'm hoping that. They can continue to build uh, this defense. They need to get a, a presence on the interior, obviously, to help out those guys out on the edge. And if they can, you know, get some production from the defensive line this year, more sacks, more pressures, it's absolutely going to do wonders uh, for that young secondary. How do you see um, that defensive end rotation uh, working, uh, starting and guys coming off the bench? Yeah, you know, I've heard you talking a lot about that, and I, I, have, I have to agree with your assessment about that. I think Clee Farrell is going to be more of your, your every-down uh, defensive end. He, he's, he's obviously better against the run than, than Max Crosby is. I think uh, Crosby will take that, that uh, first, you know, rusher, edge rusher off the bench, maybe passing situations, third-down situations, and you're going to have Clee Farrell kick inside, and then you're going to have uh, Ngakwe and Max coming off the edge, along with, you know, right now it looks like Mo Hurst or David Irving, along with uh, Cleve Farrell. So uh, I don't know where Carl Nassib fits into this or, or Arden Key. I think um, looking at the way the roster is right now, Arden Key might be fighting for a roster spot come, come this summer. And I had Carl Nassib as a, a guy who I thought might possibly be let go. I know he carries some dead cap space uh, with him, but... Um, you know, right now I'm not quite sure where, where NASA and Key fit into that mix, but your top three guys, obviously, Ngakwe, uh, Max Crosby, and, and Clee Farrell. Oh, Evan, uh, we know also uh, there's other holes on this defense. Uh, there's an interior defensive lineman I think that they need. Free safety uh, is, is another um, area uh, that, they, that they need to address. Again, uh, you look at that free agent market, there's still some good players out there. Uh, any names to keep an eye on? Um, you know, at those two positions. Yeah, I was disappointed to see uh, John Johnson go. I know you're very familiar with him from your time covering the Rams, and I think the Browns did a nice job uh, getting him at that at that contract that they did. They they definitely got to find a safety because I I don't really like the the idea of 
um, if they should not get someone here in, in, in uh, free agency, which they will, but will it be a true impact guy? Is it going to be a guy like Anthony Harris, or is it going to be you know bringing back a Jeff Heath or a Eric Harris? Um, I don't like the idea of, of running one of those two guys out there or the possibility of, of bringing in another rookie um, that you want to throw out there. Uh, they already The secondary is already young enough, and I, it's been my belief that they needed to bring in a veteran at that position. So I'd like to see them go out and, and really make a, a get an impact player there. Anthony Harris, obviously, is probably the, the, the guy who's on the top of everyone's list right now. And at defensive tackle, I've been talking about Larry Ogunjobi with the Browns. Um, I, I, I was a big fan of him coming out. Uh, I believe it was University of Charlotte a few years ago. And he's had a, a pretty good career to this point, 14 and a half sacks. Um, and I know that he benefited uh, playing on a defensive line with uh, you know Miles Garrett and, and Olivier Vernon, but um, I, I think he's a guy that could come in here and, and, and you know be the presence that they need uh, on the interior part of this defense. And again, as I mentioned, if they can get some push on the inside, which is something they have not had in a long time, it's only going to help those guys out on the edge, and that and that in, uh, in turn will help the, the young secondary out. Well, yeah, Evan, uh, whatever happens, uh, we want you back on uh, to, to shed some light and insight on it. Always enjoy talking to you. Say hello to East Amherst, New York. Uh, love the East Coast, uh, originally from New York. Uh, really appreciate you spending some time with us uh, in the huddle. Don't be a stranger, uh, and neither will we. Um, keep up the great work. Uh, we'll talk to you down the line, Evan. I appreciate it, Benny. Anytime you need me. All right. Uh, th- thank you very, very much. Uh, that's Evan Grote uh, from uh, Silver Black Today. Um, you can follow him at egrote, G-R-O-A-T, five uh, on Twitter. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We'll talk to you on the other side. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What up, what up, what up, Raider Nation? Hey, I know everyone's hanging their head. Um, Listen, anytime good players um, leave and it looks like Rodney Hudson um, the stalwart center um, anchor of, of one of the anchors of the, of the Raiders offensive line is is headed out. Uh, it hurts, man. There's no question about it. Emotionally, I know that uh, from from the fans' perspective, um, there's a lot of love for Rodney Hudson, and rightfully so. Um, Production-wise, it has to be replaced. There's no guarantee uh, that 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 it does. Uh, but I do know that the Raiders are very very high on Andre James, the young center from UCLA. Um, and that's a good thing. Tom Cable knows what he's doing. Um, Tom Cable understands what he needs and what he's looking for. Uh, Colton Miller is a guy that the Raiders uh, are going to re-sign. I'd be shocked if they didn't. That takes a lot of money uh, to go get that uh, left tackle uh, under lock uh, for, for, for the next five years or so. Uh, the money has to be put uh, toward that. Um it's 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 no easy time uh, when you have to walk away from good players, but that's the nature of this business. Um, this is what we signed up for, uh, to quote uh, uh, the Godfather, and you just have to be up to that challenge as a fan. I know, you know. Listen, I've I've been here for about a year and a half, two years almost. Uh, I get it. I haven't been here through the whole roller coaster ride uh, that Raider Nation has. But all I could judge it on is 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 this point forward, or or the point that I jumped aboard uh, forward. Uh, I I think Tom Cable knows what he's doing. Um, there might be a little bit of growing pains uh, along the way, 
but um, I, I think he'll get it fixed on the offensive line to a, 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 a uh, um, an acceptable uh, level that's that's getting the job done, and, and that's the goal. That's that's what they have to do, and they have to figure it out now. Um, they're losing uh, some big parts of their offensive line. they got to replace it. These coaches have been doing this a long time. Uh, they know this nature of this business. They know what needs to be done. Um, I'm not sitting here saying give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm just saying also wait till the dust settles. There's a lot of good players out there on the open market. It's a very deep draft for offensive line. I saw a bunch of good ones. Uh, in Mobile, Alabama, when I was there for the senior ball. Guys can get replaced. I've seen it happen a million times. Uh, so we'll see. It's now on the Raiders to fill those holes. That's just the, the bottom line. They've got to be able to fill those holes. Uh, there's no reason to think that that can't happen. Uh, guys come, guys go, players you know, uh, play, they move on, they get replaced all the time. And it doesn't have to be the end of the world at all. Sometimes one door closes, another one opens up. Uh, sometimes even better than the one that just that, that, that just walked out the door. It happens, trust me. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila uh, Embajador. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Bryce wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Bryce? I'm good, Vinny. How are you? Doing good, thanks. Good, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate your uh, attempt of trying to put sunshine on a cloudy <laughs> day for Radio Nation. We, we really appreciate it, but uh, it's certainly a sad day. Um, you know, my first thought, you know, we had a previous caller. Um, you know, only Raider Nation can make news about losing our best offensive lineman that we've had in over a decade and turn it into an opportunity to talk about trading Derek. I mean, can yeah, we just yeah, talk exactly, right? nonsense for one minute? Just let's stop with that nonsense for just a minute, please. But, and, you know, and you're right, nothing official yet. You know, seeing in all indications, Rodney has requested his release. Uh, Sports Illustrated and Athletic have confirmed that Rodney wanted out. Uh, it's interesting to read uh, Lincoln Kennedy's tweet about an hour ago where he said that there is some conflicting reports coming out. So, you know, stay tuned. You know, it's, it's not maybe all doom and gloom, but I'm curious to know what he's hearing. You know, is it... You know, is he hearing, is it going to be designated as a post-June 1 cut to save some dead money? Because otherwise, why eat that $2 million now? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, You'll hear yeah, what he's thinking sense. tomorrow as he'll be on the show. Yeah, Lincoln's coming on the show. I, I, I uh, texted yeah. uh, with Lincoln earlier today, and, and you know, he had indicated uh, that, you know, he's hearing some things. So, and I, and I always, listen, I always try to tell, I'm not a fan, so I don't get caught up in the in the emotions. I totally respect fans. Who do um, I get it and I understand it, um, but you know there's there's there really is always you know a couple of sides to, to every story and 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 I don't believe for a second anyone's you know blindly running around making making these moves uh, you know just for the sake of it. Um, it that's not how it works and there is a plan right hundred percent agree Vinny yeah I I agree you know it's it's just kind of disheartening to see you know Kansas City we're, we're they lost the Super Bowl because of or poor O-line play. And it's concerning to see that, you know, what was the strength of our team now is becoming a liability. And, and here we entered the offseason thinking, you know, we just need to fix the defense. You know, now we still have one of the worst defenses in the league, but on top of that, we have to rebuild the entire offensive line, save one or two spots. In a year that we still don't know what OTAs look like, we don't know what preseason looks like, so we're going to have less continuity on that offensive line in which, we, again, we saw in the Super Bowl just how important 
having continuity on the offensive line means. And yeah, no question about that. Yeah. No that, question that about that, Bryce, and I appreciate the call. Now, in the Chiefs' case, uh, those 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 holes uh, came about late in the season, so there there was nothing they can do about them at that point, and that's why they were so devastating. Um, you know that that the, the time of, of, of when it happened, uh, but they're kind of in the same position too, not um, as drastically as the Raiders, but they do have to replace. I, I know they made a, a, a signing uh, yesterday, and, and and definitely that's 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 going to help. But um, but there's there's some holes that they need to fill too at a high caliber. There were some players that left uh, that they had to release that were playing at a really high caliber until they got hurt. So, um, but I'm with you. I think the offensive line is is critical. I think the Raiders have a have um, you know a, a growing, getting better all the time. Uh, left tackle uh, and and they, uh, a center and Andre James uh, that they have belief in. Um, we'll see where they go with the other three spots, but there is talent out there still on the open market. It's the the market just barely open. There's a lot of good players that are starting to understand that uh, you know uh, that money that I thought was going to be out there for me isn't out there for me, and some some players are going to have to make some hard decisions now uh, on accepting less money. And the Raiders can benefit that from that for sure, as can a lot of other teams uh, for that matter. Robert in Portland, how you doing, Robert? Yeah, boy, just to shed some good light on this, I, that that line uh, failed at the end of the year. 50, $51.4 million was paid to those four guys um, that, that are no longer on that line, although Jackson may come back. Based on what you were saying the other day as to waiting till the last minute before he's a full free agent, I want to ask you something. You saw the Rams rebuild. Uh, of course, they're in cap hell now, but the bottom line is um, – I found out that uh, Saleh uh, and McVeigh really played uh, against each other like, you know, a, a chess game. Uh, their slot co- uh, corner, um, Kwan Williams, had some great games against the uh, Rams, you know, quarterback, Goff. And McVeigh said the toughest thing about playing the Niners was their edge rushers and the slot. Um, explain to me how important a kid like Kwan Williams is. He's still a free agent. Uh, the Raiders have really no candidate for that in replacing Joyner. How important it is, is it, you know, in facing a team like the Rams? I know you're still uh, dead set on replacing a free safety, but, you know, the Rams had trouble against the Niners, uh, amazingly. Um, yeah, they did. They, 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 they. No question, they did, and uh, and the slot cornerback uh, Kwan was was a big part of that. Um, well, you know, I think Raider Raider Nation saw that um, how how critical a position it was uh, these last couple of years because Lamarcus Joyner just wasn't getting the job done, and that was a huge part of the Raiders' weakness on defense was uh, how they kind of got abused at slot cornerback. Um, I think first up uh, on that. Uh, you know, Zemeek Robertson, who they drafted uh, uh, last year out of Louisiana Tech. Uh, you know, Mike Mayock has talked about the transition um, he was making from outside cornerback to inside quarter, cornerback. Uh, it's a different world inside. You're looking at the game from a different vantage point, different angles. There's run support that you have to play. Uh, it was too much for Zemeek to bite off and chew last year, but the hope is in the building that he's uh, going to make a much smoother transition uh, in year two. Uh, if he can, if he, he he profiles as a guy that should be able to handle it. Uh, he's tough as nails. He tackles really well. Uh, he was a really good uh, uh, coverage corner 
at Louisiana Tech. The reason why he laughed, lasted as long as he did in the draft is because of his size, but at that size, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, if that, it actually helps him, uh, should help him in the, in the slot. He just needs to get that new world in, at the, in the slot figured out. But, you know, uh, if he can't, then, you know, the Raiders, or, or if they don't believe that he can, uh, don't be surprised if they go out on the open market and, and try to bring somebody in. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did that regardless, just to create some competition. They can't go into next year just fully expecting uh, Amik Robertson to play that role at a, at a high level. Um, could he be? He should be able to play it at a more improved level level uh, than 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 Lamarcus did. Uh, but that remains to be seen. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Justin wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Justin? Hey, Vinny, how we doing at this hour? Are we all standing up or are we crying in our beers right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I sense some crying in the beer, and I understand that. Aside from everything else, besides just the hole that it creates, Rodney Hudson was a popular Raider, and I get that, and I understand that. And so was Gabe Jackson. So those are two losses of you know players that were performing, but also players that had the respect and admiration and love of, of Raider Nation. So this is a tough day, uh, regardless of the situation or, or – you know, uh, how it came about, but, uh, but there's always yeah, bright yeah, days ahead. Like and to, Yeah. I possibly I'd like to touch on the, the Rodney situation real quick and then ask you a question on Yannick yesterday. Well, first and foremost, no, nothing but respect to Rodney. Talk about your, your ideal player. I mean, we, we saw the, the trials and tribulations with another line in this past year, but the dude is nothing but business and kind of unknowingly was a, top three center in the last decade and really never got the recognition for it. Um, you know, the previous caller had talked about people calling for Derek's trade. And I think that that's a little bit overblown. I, I will say that the, that Rodney has been with Derek for most of his career. And I'm a, a little worried about Derek's pocket presence and how that's going to affect him going forward, especially with all the turnover on the line. I still have faith in him, but I mean, we, we've seen how Derek plays when the, when the pocket is not immaculate sometimes. Um, but you know, that's kind of how the NFL is, and, and I think you alluded to it last week. Um, this line did not play with all five starters last year for, what, maybe 10 minutes of one game? Uh, yep, I, I exactly. Think, I think I think we'll be okay. I think Tom Cable has, has trained this line to be versatile to the point where depth shouldn't be an issue going forward. I think he hit it on the head. I, I, I kind of don't see knowing Gruden how he's not going to draft the lineman in the first round um, and pick up a, you know, uh, somebody else, one or two more linemen in, in free agency. Um, I, I think we'll be okay on that end. Um, it, it is tough to see probably your second best player to Darren Waller leaving the team, especially after this many years. But I don't blame the guy. He, you know, he wants to see what else is out there, and he was such a class act with the Raiders. And and no no ill will towards that man because he's given us his all all these years. As far as the Yannick signing yesterday. On the on the bright side, with what Gruden has done lately, I, I wanted to get your opinion on something. Um, that contract and the, and the numbers that came out yesterday, that that signing seems a little uncharacteristic for compared to the other free agency signings that Gruden and Mayock have made in the past. You, you're seeing these, you know, outside of like the one year veteran deals with Aguilar and with um, with Devontae Booker last year. Uh, I, I kind of thought we got him for a bargain. Some, I, I think somebody had said we got him for the same price that Nelson Aguilar. Um, got paid with the Patriots, but uh, you know, a two year, um, what was it, $12 million a year deal? That, that's a steal for one of the top edge rushers on the, on the market. And, uh, and I don't know if this is, you know, Gruden may be learning from his mistakes from, you know, overpaying all these free agents so he can make sure he locks them up. I want to get your. 
if, if do you do you really think that Gruden is kind of being a little bit more conservative with these signings, or do you think it's more of a reflection of the COVID year and the decreased salary cap in which maybe there's not enough money to go around for all of these players, even if, you know, they're the star players on the market. Yeah, I, I think a little bit of both. I think that, um, you know, when, when you're, when you're looking at uh, a salary cap that was reduced and keep in mind, you know, um, you know, when you signed, uh, you know, guys like Trent Brown and, and even the Rodney Hudson's and, and Gabe Jackson's of the world, uh, a couple of years ago, and you're projecting forward. You were looking at 2021 in an entirely different from a, an entirely different lens than what it turned out to be. You were assuming, as a general manager, and rightfully so, that the salary cap uh, right now would be around 20, 220 million dollars. Because if you were to just you know accounting for the natural ebb and flow and growth of the salary cap from one year to the next, it would have been over $200 million easily, probably around, like I said, $218, $220 million. Instead, it's taken a $40 million swing in the opposite direction down to 180 from from what you expected it to be to $180 million. That's a huge shift. So it's going to change the way teams do business, the Raiders uh, it, it included. Um, and I think that... Also, you have to understand this, too. Agents are looking at the situation and saying, okay, we realize that we're going to take a hit this year uh, and maybe for the next couple of years. But, we, but they know that the salary cap is going to grow um, you know, as the years continue to go on. But also, uh, the element of the new TV deal and the new TV contracts and the money that, that's going to get flooded in based on that is start, going to start to be a real thing as well. And agents are saying, hey, let's do quicker contracts that we could get back out on the open market as quickly as we possibly can in order to take advantage of the changing times for the better. So I think you're seeing a combination of agents that are reading the situation correctly, wanting to get their client out onto the market earlier, uh, and teams just because of where they are in the salary cap that went down for the first time uh, in 10 years, not really by just the $16 million that it did, but the $40 million when you account for what you were assuming it was going to be. So it's changing the way things are done right now and business is being done. And as a result of that, honestly, uh, there's a lot of talent that's still out there on the open market, even on the offensive line. So um, you know, we'll see uh, if the Raiders, A, can maybe renegotiate some of these deals. Maybe Gabe Jackson starts looking at things and says, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to be able to get $9.7 million on the open market uh, right now um, or what I expected to to get if I got released, you know, maybe my best bet is to play this year under a re, uh, uh, you know, do a restructure uh, of, of the current deal right now, get some gu- guaranteed money put into his pocket, uh, and in a way that maybe he can get out on the open market in a year or two. I don't know, because that move isn't official yet. The Gabe Jackson move, um, we'll see if maybe there's some uh, coming of the minds between now and tomorrow at one o'clock uh, that maybe Gabe Jackson isn't out the door after all. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Charles wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Charles? Hey, how you doing, Vinny? Hey, I'm I'm one of the few people that and uh, get ready because I'm probably going to be hated. But I actually agree with what Gruden's doing because I think the p- thing that people don't understand is Gruden wants to win a Super Bowl, not just get to the playoffs. And most of our Raider fans, they just want to get to the playoffs, even if we lose a damn game. It's so frustrating. This team was not going to go to a Super Bowl with what it had. And I, I, I'm glad that Gruden admitted that they made a mistake, and he's just cleaning the roster up. And, I, you know, if he would have just sat there and kept pushing with what we had, it was going to be more frustrating to me. 
My only disappointment is I don't want to draft an offensive lineman in this draft. I would like for us to try to get a defensive star, but, you know, I think that he realizes that maybe we get to the playoffs, lose to one of these teams. This is what I'm seeing. And so they're biting the bullet and saying, okay, we're going to have to take two more years, but we were going to have to take two more years no matter what. Just admitting to that bothers people. And you like the Dolphins. Sometimes I think it's better to be terrible or really good. But that in between eight and eight and seven and nine, then teams very seldom all of a sudden get great. I mean, Tampa's one of the few because of the defensive players they had. And Tom Brady, they, they turned flicked a switch. But, Vinny, you tell me an 8-8 eight and eight team in the last three years that all of a sudden got good enough to win a Super Bowl. And that's where we're at. And I, I think Gruden knows it. It's, it's a hard pill to swallow. But you either bail or you, uh, or you already have the team. But the in-between teams don't ever really get good. And I think Gruden's saying, hey, you know, I, if, if I'm right, if I'm hearing you right, Vinny, we'll have an extra $15 million next year on the salary cap. And I think that's probably the best thing, but it is a hard pill to swallow. But I do think that uh, – I also think our defensive backfield is not that bad. If you get a pass rush, you can't judge Arnett and Mullen until we get a pass rush. Absolutely. I, I don't think that – there's no way that you could uh, that you could really realistically judge Damon Arnett based off last year. The guy was playing hurt pretty much the entire – either hurt – or um, a, a guy that wasn't even close to being physically stout enough once he came back because he couldn't get in the weight room and you know uh, and, and keep that in line uh, as well. So last year was an incomplete uh, with Damon Arnett, but it, but but I, I think he could play. He's got to have to go out there and prove it. But it sure does help, like you said, uh, if you've got a uh, capable um, defensive line that's getting after the passer. I think the Raiders uh, address that with Yannick Ngagwe, and I think that he's going to help that rotation, that defensive end rotation, keeping guys fresh, being able to move guys around uh, a little bit, including Clee Farrell, who I think is the, the, the real anchor of the defensive line, but also a guy that you could use in multiple different ways. So uh, we'll see. And I don't think that the Raiders are expecting to take a big step backwards though I, I really don't i think they feel like um between what they believe that they're going to be able to have uh, along the offensive line what's still out there that's still you know players that they can still go get and in this draft that they're going to be okay they're going to be good enough uh on the offensive line uh and there's still holes that they have to fill defensively through free agency and, the, and in the draft but by no means do i think that they're you know, setting the stage for some step backwards. They want to keep moving forward. Uh, I know that uh, for a fact. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. And an eventful Tuesday uh, it is. Looks like Rodney Hudson, uh, the Raiders' uh, longtime center, uh, is on his way uh, out the door. Um, and it sounds, uh, you know, uh, kind of mutual, uh, uh, parting of the ways, let's put it that way. Uh, the Raiders do believe that they have a viable option in Andre James, um, their backup center. But make no mistake, this is a loss. Rodney Hudson uh, is a uh, is one of the best centers in the NFL. You're going to feel that loss until you can replace that loss completely or in a way that uh, exceeds his production. So we'll see uh, if Andre James is is up to the challenge, and we'll see now 
uh, what happens with Gabe Jackson, um, the right guard who uh, is reportedly on his way out of town, but he's kind of in a little bit of limbo right now. Uh, I think the Raiders would love to have him back at a reduced cost. Uh, that's just the way the world is right now on a restructured co uh, contract. Um, if not, uh, I think they'd be open to trading him uh, or last resort, just out and right uh, release him. So we'll see where it's all headed. But as we speak right now, uh, it looks like this offensive line outside of Colton Miller is in major, major flux. Um, but lots of time. <laughs> it's only March 16th. Uh, free agency has barely hasn't even officially started. Uh, so always keep that in mind, and it's a pretty deep uh, offensive line draft uh, as well. Trades can happen. Uh, lots of ways uh, to fill those holes. Uh, on to the next caller, Cody wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Cody? Hey, how's it going, Vinny? I uh, just want to say thanks for taking the call. Um, I knew right around 2 o'clock Eastern time when I uh, found out Rodney got cut, I'd have to call you guys and get a little bit of insight from you guys. You know, not going to lie, pretty heartbroken after losing what – I believe is the anchor of that offensive line. So, you know, just a rough day to say the least. Um, you know, going to bed last night, seeing you, you know, tell us, stay up, stay up, you know, something <laughs> can happen. And then I see this happen, man. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, but, it um, is. And uh, it's, it's, it's a tough blow. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, for Rodney Hudson, uh, it sure sounds like, um, you know, he's probably getting up there in age and he wants to go find some place where he feels like he can win like right now. And I, I respect that. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I respect that. And, you know, it's been a guy who's been on the team for what the last five, six years, who's, you know, been quiet and always, you know, taking care of his business. So, you know, of course I'll root for him. I'm, I'm happy if he goes and does win a championship, obviously I wish it would have been with us, but, but um, one thing I wanted to go back on, I totally agree with what you said on the last caller. There's no way, no way John Gruden's taking a step back. I mean, it seems like the last two years, from what I've seen at least, we, we've been a piece or two away on offense and, you know, obviously a little bit of a defense haul uh, needing to come in to at least be a top 20 defense. Um, but and where do we go from here? I mean, it seems like we just needed a couple pieces on D and, you know, maybe a weapon on offense to at least be competing with these teams. But now it seems like we're taking a you know a step or two back. Yeah, it it, it might look like that. Um, and and until you know the Raiders adequately replace uh, what's going out the door, um, you know, it very well could be that. But I don't think that that's the plan. And I don't think that um, you know, I, I just don't. I, I think that they feel like they're going to be able. There's money to spend. Um, there's talent out there. There's draft picks. There's the trade avenue. Uh, I think that they really believe that they're going to be able to, to uh, when the dust settles, uh, have an offensive line that's going to be, uh, you know, uh, good enough to keep this offense churning, and in the meantime, also address the defense because that's you know they, they really need obviously uh, to get the defense squared away too. Not a complete overhaul, but some key additions that are going to help this young defense immediately. Uh, back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Eddie is in Los Angeles. How you doing, Eddie? How you doing, Vinny? What a long day. I can yes. That for sure. It's, um, <clears throat> I'm not really surprised that they would do that. Uh, it still stings. I, I do think that they're capable enough to build an offensive line and make it, make it serviceable. I mean, last season taught us that a lot. Also taught us that the, the line, as it was, um, kind of slowed down towards the end of the season for a merited reasons. And, since he wants to run, the, John Gruden is a run-first guy. 
he's got to have guys there that are number one are going to be available. Number two are going to be able to open up hole, uh, holes big enough for Jacobs to exploit. Um, that's what's going to open up our passing game, and that's what's going to win games for us. I mean, we like to think that we're just going to sit back and just let Carr throw it everywhere, but that that's what opened them up is the pa- to the pass is the running the ball, and I think that's what he's doing. All this sabotage talk is just it's just trash. Why why would the guy come out of the booth just to sabotage his former team? What what there's just it's just idiotic. Um, I yeah, think, I could tell I, you for I, a I fact that that's just hogwash. This is driving. John Gruden, um, like, like I don't want to say nuts, but, but, but wanting to win, wanting to deliver, uh, uh, and, and this isn't an ego thing. He's not trying to build this team in the image of John Gruden. It's just nonsense. Just forget about nonsense like that. Think for one second about what people are actually saying for crying out loud. Like, that's just idiotic. It just is. He's trying to get this program turned around he's trying to do right by raider nation it burns in him to get this right there's hard decisions that need to be made but he's not some megalomaniac that has to have it in his vision and his vision only uh there was one point when 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 i was talking to him about uh the youth of this team and he kind of chuckled he's like yeah imagine that john gruden who only plays veterans you know, wanting to play a bunch, of, playing a bunch of young guys. Does that not remember when we first heard John Gruden coming back, and everybody was assuming, oh, this is going to be, he's just going to go out and get a bunch of veterans. He's not going to want to play the rookies. He played so many dang rookies these last couple of years, and so many first and second year players uh, last year that that should just negate any of that nonsense. So stop with the he's sabotaging, or stop that he's not up to the challenge. Just. Stop with all that. He's trying to, I guarantee you, I'm telling you, he's trying to do right by Raider Nation. It's tough. Uh, That salary cap is tough. Uh, And building a team is tough. This was a major rebuild that needed to happen. And there's still some tough choices to be had, but plenty of time uh, for the choices to be made. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Thank you to all the callers. Keep it coming tomorrow. Uh, We'll see where the day takes us. Uh, I'll be be here again, 4 to 6 p.m., uh, to talk about it and analyze it, and I want your contribution. Thank you for the contribution today, uh, and thanks to Devon Cotton for the great job that he does uh, as our producer, uh, keeping that board uh, up and running and clean and, and moving in the in the right direction. Devon, thank you very much. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Had to get that out. Love you guys.